It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Summer moves for the Capitals next on this edition of Locked On Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked on Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. And the best way that you guys can help grow the show is to head on over to YouTube, type in Locked On Capitals, and hit subscribe. So in today's edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about the Capitals at Development Camp and what that means for a lot of the future of those players. Later in the show, we will talk about the draft. Uh, did the Capitals ultimately pick the right players? We'll talk about that. But just to get it going here, we will talk about summer moves and what's next. And in today's edition, we are happy to have Bailey Johnson from the Washington Post. Bailey, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. So I think that a lot of people going into this summer, we were coming up on free agency, myself included. I'm like Alex DeBrinkett, uh, some other big player. And then it was kind of a, I hate to say it, a nothing burger. We got Max Pacioretty and Joel Edmondson. Max Pacioretty ostensibly is going to be a great player. Six times in his career, he has scored 30 goals. Listen, 10 years ago, I was about 10 pounds lighter and had more hair on my head. It's about what have you done for us lately? You take a look at Joel Edmondson. Uh, they got him. And I, what I like about Joel Edmondson is the 50% salary retention by the Habs. After July 1st, what was your thought about the Capitals and what they did and ultimately what lies ahead? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really surprised that they didn't do much because they couldn't really do much with the amount of cap space that they have. I like the swing on Pacioretty. Getting him at $2 million plus the $2 million in bonuses if he hits them is a good low-risk bet. He's torn his Achilles twice in the, in the last year, but it sounds like they're optimistic that he's going to be fully healthy come the season, not right at the start of the year, but shouldn't be too long after. The impression that I got, I was listening to his agent, Alan Walsh, on a podcast the other day, 
as well as what Ryan McClellan said um, after they traded or signed him, that um, it seems like he maybe came back a little early from the first Achilles, and this time they're really taking their time. He tore it in January, so for him to not be ready for the start of the year suggests they're really being very, very careful, like giving a you know, 10-11 month recovery on that, which is obviously what you want for a player who is over 30. I think he'll be probably 35 by the time that he plays. Um it's a low risk bet on the guy who could score a lot of goals if he's healthy and able to play Edmondson a little bit of a similar thing obviously the 50% retention it was important to be able to get him in add some physicality to the blue line though he hasn't played as physically since the back injuries that he's dealt with the last couple years Um, but again kind of a veteran presence on the left side of the blue line to go with the three 23 year olds the Caps have there and I would imagine kind of comes in as a guy who can play all over the lineup but I would imagine they're thinking you know second third pair guy and if one of the young players beats him out for a spot, I don't think they would, you know, let Edmondson block a player who's ready for a bigger role. Yeah, Alexiev comes to mind on that. I thought that this was going to be Alexiev's season, but as it turns out, uh, they signed Edmondson, who I think might be a depth piece, but he is that rugged defenseman, a tall man, I want to say six foot five, uh, had some back issues, so there's some question marks there as well. I think ultimately what lied behind that was the fact of all the injuries that the Capitals faced on the blue line. And people said, why Max Patch ready? Well, let's face it, if he didn't have those Achilles issues, I don't think the Capitals could have afforded him. Uh-huh. So the Capitals find themselves in an interesting position. Uh, $888,000 and some change left is all they have in salary caps, uh, salary cap space. It seems to me that they're going to have to move out a big piece to move in a big piece. I've heard things about Nick Backstrom getting put on long-term injured reserved. I've been talk about, I've heard talk about Evgeny Kuznetsov and everyone wants him out of town. He was a first round draft pick uh, 26th overall in uh, the 2010 draft and covering this team for quite some time. The one thing everyone always said is we need that really solid second line center. Um, So what moves do the Capitals make? I am of the belief that we should give Kuznetsov another shot under Spencer Carberry. I just don't think he really gelled necessarily with Peter Laviolette. What do you think the future is in that regard? I mean, we know that Brian McClellan wants to make a trade in the top six. He wanted to make a trade in the top six ahead of the draft, and they didn't get any takers. It's really, really hard to move money around right now, especially if you're trying to make a hockey trade like the Caps are. They're not looking to just dump a contract. They want to get a good player back in return, which is very hard to do because the teams that are making moves right now are mostly salary dump, which, again, the Caps don't want to do. I mean, you circle guys like Kuznetsov and Mantha as the people that McClellan is not naming, but certainly everyone knows that's who he's talking about when he says that they're looking to make a trade in the top six. He even said at the draft they were looking to trade a player or players, which suggested they would have been open open to moving both of them. But obviously they're, they didn't get any takers on that. And he said they're going to stay active in the market and try to see if they can make something happen. But at this point, as we head into mid-July, I wouldn't expect to see a move happen until training camp. It's We're starting to get into the quiet part of the NHL offseason where teams aren't making big moves like that. Everybody wants to go to their lake house and have their summer and not think about hockey for a minute. So I kind of have been not even on alert in the sense that I'm hearing things, but just sort of in the general structure of how an offseason goes, like through this week to see if they could get something done. But then if it doesn't happen this week, it probably wouldn't be it for another two months. So those are guys, I mean, one would imagine that if they are to make a trade in the top six, that's what they're circling. But it's going to be very interesting to see if they are actually able to get that done. So one of the things that I had read from Mike Vogel, who interviewed uh, Brian McClellan here recently, is he said that they did pursue a lot of different players. They didn't just come to fruition and they still do have some players on the radar 
those players are still available. They haven't been signed. He didn't divulge on who those players were. Um, so it is an interesting thing. It does seem like he has his eyes set on certain players who they happen to be. You know, uh, when all these players start to go to different teams, I see Debrink and I'm like, we'll cross that name off the list. For me, I don't think there's going to be any big earth-shaking uh, player acquisition between now and the start of the season. Uh, the other moves, uh, I'm rather happy to say that the Capitals re-upped or the Hershey Bears as well. Hunter Shepard, who was number two in all of the AHL last season, won the MVP for the Bears. You got to be pretty excited about Hunter Shepard re-signing with the Capitals. I was afraid that, you know, just like uh, Fukale, who went to the KHL, there's going to be probably a lot of suitors for him. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a good move. He was obviously very good in Hershey. I'm a college hockey girl at heart. I went to Michigan and covered college hockey for several years. So I've been watching Hunter Shepard since he was in college and, you know, have always thought highly of him as a goalie. I wouldn't say at this point that he's probably a guy who's going to make a big push to play in the NHL and maybe, you know, get a few games as a backup and that kind of thing. But I think he's, what, 26, 27 years old. That's not really an age that you see guys start to make that leap anymore. But obviously a very good signing for Hershey to keep him in the fold and he'll be very, very good for them. And Tom Wilson, that is one of the elephants in the room as well, who I revere is the future captain of this team when Alex Ovechkin hangs up the skates. Uh, more of the talk that I hear about it is that a deal is going to get done and that Brian McClellan was shooting daggers at the beat writers. And when he brought up who keeps talking about all this, and uh, I think it was Tarek Elbashir who asked the question. So one of the things that I'm hearing is, is that Tom Wilson and his agent, they kind of want to see what direction this team is going in. I think that he wants to stay here, but if this team is going to, I hate to say it tank, maybe they will see what their options are as someone that covers this team. Where do you see the capitals with Tom Wilson? I mean, McClellan has been very, very clear that they plan to sign him to an extension and we're planning to pick up those talks once they sort of got through the first days of free agency, just, you know, beginning of it. I'm not expecting anything to get done anytime soon, but he has been 100% upfront on the record and honest that that is their plan. They are going to have discussions about that. They want to keep him in Washington. They, like you said, have no plans to trade him. His name comes up in trade rumors a lot because he's the kind of guy that other teams would love to have, but that's not ever coming from the Capitals. They're not looking to trade him. They do plan to sign him to an extension. I had not seen that about his agent saying they might, you know, see how this goes. That's pretty common for a veteran player on a team that looks like it might be heading towards some sort of rebuild. So that's not shocking to me. But I would say I'd be surprised if Tom Wilson is not a Washington Capital for the foreseeable future. It was one of those things that was getting kind of spun, and I heard it on some lower-level blogs, but then I heard it from Stephen Wino, who works for the Associated Press. I saw him on the Daily Faceoff, and uh, Frank Saravalli asked him, what's big? one big move on the Capitals that you see happening between now and the start of the season? And I was thinking Kuznetsov or Mantha, and he pulled Wilson out of his hat. I was kind of surprised about it. So, you know, kind of some more uh, big-name beat writers we're talking about. It's going to be interesting to see ultimately what happens with Wilson. It's my belief at the end of the day that he will resign with the Capitals. It's just, I wish they would just get it done so I can stop talking about it and everyone else can stop talking about it. All right. So straight ahead here, we will talk about the Capitals at the draft, you know, that they drafted Leonard and Kristall. Were those the right players? We'll talk about that straight ahead. 
Covering my nutritional bases for the day literally couldn't be easier, which is why I trust AG1. I just mix one small scoop with water and drink it first thing every morning. Listen, everyone, health is of utmost importance. That is why you need AG1 because it is so easy. I also like that it costs less than $3 a day. Pretty good if you ask me. It's a really effective daily habit with high quality sourced ingredients. It is a win-win. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Just go to drinkag1.com slash NHL network. That's drinkag1.com slash NHL network. Check it out for the ultimate daily nutrition. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow to Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have a lot of great guests lined up for you this summer, just like Bailey Johnson uh, today. So make sure and subscribe to Locked On Capitals today. All right, in this next segment here, we are going to talk about the Capitals at the draft. A lot of people, myself included, thought that the Capitals were laser-focused on Matvey Mishkov. Ultimately, he went to the Flyers, and then I heard, I think Sammy Silver posted it out there, that uh, he wasn't even interested in coming to the Capitals, which seems a bit questionable to me. Seems like the Caps are a Russian-friendly team. Maybe he didn't want to live in Ovi's shadow. I guess we'll never know. But I do think that they drafted a really great player in Ryan Leonard, picked eighth overall, a kind of big physicality. One of the commentators was saying that he has muscles in his face. Uh, is he going to be a Tom Wilson 2.0? I'm not going to pigeonhole him as that, but he does say that he emulates or looks after Kachuk. He also emulates Austin Matthews. He talked to me about Ryan Leonard. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, as soon as Mishkov went to the Flyers, which I kind of had a feeling was going to happen in the days leading up to the draft, obviously they were not a team that was hiding their interest in him. And it felt real, unlike sometimes heading into the draft where teams are talking so much about how much they like a player, you almost think they want someone else to take them because they're not actually that interested. They're trying to throw them off the scent of the team player they actually want. You had a feeling that the Flyers really liked Mishkov, and obviously he was excited to go there as well as from everything he said. Um, so once he was off the board, as I was sitting there waiting for them to make the pick, Ryan Leonard was certainly the name that was on the top of pretty much everybody's draft board at that time. And I think it's a good pick. Obviously it's really hard to say after the draft, I am kind of a draft nerd and I watch the prospects and keep up with it pretty closely, but they're all several years away from being impact NHL players or even playing professionally at all. So don't ever want to put set too high of expectations on an 18 year old or anything like that, but certainly, I mean, high end goal scorer plays with a physical edge, really underrated playmaker. 
Um, he really can make smart passes, has really good vision for the ice. 200-foot player, but not in the way that sometimes you hear about a 200-foot player at the draft, and it's kind of like a shorthand for, yeah, he does a lot of things well, but doesn't do anything that's exceptional. Ryan Leonard is an exceptional goal scorer, has an exceptional shot, and just happens to also have an uncommonly mature defensive game for an 18-year-old. And he also has a really good personality. He was really fun to be around at development camp. I think has already made several fans among the Caps fans and will continue to do so. Yeah, and that was one of the things that I thought, too, is I'm like, the Caps didn't get the season that they wanted last season, and I don't know what kind of season they're going to get next season. Uh, everything that I hear is that this team is not going to face a major rebuild until Ovi hangs up the skates or certain promises made to him that he was going to play on a competitive team. But if you start to look at the names that are out there, you take a look at Leonard, you take a look at Kristal, Ivan Mirishnyshenko, you know, LaPierre, you take a look at Connor McMichael, this team is poised to be one to be reckoned with, I think, in the future. Uh, the second one that they picked there was Andrew Kristal, uh, uh, Connor Bedard, who is a generational player. I think I think that suffice to say he's one of the best players to come around in quite some time, said that Kristal was one of the smartest players that he's ever played with, and whatever team drafts him will be lucky. Talk to me a bit about Kristal, kind of undersized a little bit, didn't get quite the production that he wanted in the postseason Ultimately, that is why people believe that he wasn't selected in the first round. Talk to me about Chris Dahl, about the player, and why you think he was selected in the second round, not the first round. Yeah, it's a great swing to take for the Caps at 40. Um, one of my personal favorite players in the class, and I'm a tiny bit biased in saying that. Um, I was covering the Blue Jackets in Columbus until I came to Washington. And Ken Johnson in Columbus is one, also one of Andrew Crystal's best friends, along with Connor Bedard. And he spent all year hyping Crystal up to me and telling me, like, that kid's going to be so good. I really love playing with him in the summers. Like I see how talented he is. I really think he's going to be a star. So heading into the second round, I was kind of had not to say my fingers crossed. That's not really how it works. But like when Crystal was still available at 40, I was like, Oh, that could be a really good pick. And then they made the pick. And I think it is a good one. The big concern for him is not so much that he didn't produce in the postseason, though that was a concern. He was kind of driving the bus for a pretty bad Kelowna team. So he didn't have a lot of help there. Really. It's the skating. That's the big concern and why he slipped out of the first round. Teams are kind of split on if they think it's fixable or not. Obviously, the Caps are a team that does think it's fixable. They think it's mostly a strength thing and will come along as he works with power skating coaches and gets stronger, which he is planning to do this summer. There are other teams who think it might be a physical makeup thing, like his bones just don't align in a way that will ever make him a super fast skater. And that's really more the concern is the top end speed. He's super agile, very good on his edges, and obviously has the really, really high end vision which allows him to kind of cover up that deficit in his game, certainly does at the junior level where he's very successful in Kelowna. But translating that to the NHL speed is a much bigger jump to make, and that's kind of the bet that the Caps are making on him. You know, when I was watching the draft, I kind of had picked, well, this player's going to go here, that player's going to go there. I think that Arizona was the only one that kind of really surprised me with who they picked. But uh, the fact that he was available to the Capitals, I'm like, they would have been foolish not to take him. Um, kind of going down the list a little bit further, we don't hear a lot about Cam Allen uh, that was picked a defenseman. Uh, I think that the Capitals, you know, they've talked about the blue line and needing to shore that up. Uh, and that's a future. Obviously, he's not going to be someone that's going to be helping the Caps next season. But talk to me about him. What are your thoughts on where he fits in at the Capitals' long-term plans? Yeah, that's another one that's an interesting swing to take. I think he surprised a lot of people that he was available there at 136 in the fifth round. He was a consensus top 100 prospect. This time a year ago, people thought he could have been the first defenseman off the board in the draft, could have been a first-round pick. He was the OHL Rookie of the Year a year ago. 
um, and then really, really struggled in his draft year. He kind of got in his head and had some inconsistencies in his game that were largely driven by the amount of pressure he was putting on himself. And I'll have a story that dives into this more deeply, actually. So I'm glad you asked about him um, coming sometime next week, where I'll talk a lot about Cam Allen and sort of the mental side of his game and what he's been working on. Um, yeah, it's an interesting swing to take. He obviously has a lot of really good tools. He's a really good skater. He's a really good athlete, which also is really helpful for a defenseman. At the Combine, he was in the top 10 in pretty much all of the physical testing. So he's really athletic on and off the ice. Has some offensive game that hasn't quite popped as much as he would like it to. Um, in Guelph, it was better his rookie year than it was this past year, where he was taking on a lot of pressure on, again, a not very strong team and really kind of had to do a lot for them. It was playing almost 30 minutes a night, a lot of the nights. So that was a lot of load on him and was where he started to kind of struggle and start to overthink some things. But the Caps are betting, and he is also betting that he will find his game a little bit more, settle back within himself, and really start to excel. Yeah, I think a good option. I think that, you know, all things considered, I know that they didn't get Mishkov, but I'm going to give Ross Mahoney, the scouts, and the Capitals, you know, A marks on this. I think they knocked it out of the park. I don't think there's anything else they really could have done otherwise other than getting Bedard. And let's face it, that really wasn't going to happen anyway. Um, the Capitals kind of holding true to form also drafted a goalie in Antoine Keller, a French a man from France. Um, the interesting thing about the Capitals is their pipeline is always full with great goalies. Uh, I know that he's probably going to be a long-term solution to the Capitals, if ever. But what were your thoughts about the Capitals selecting a goalie being that uh, kind of the pipeline? If you take a look at the Stingrays, you take a look at the Hershey Bears, there's a lot of goalies there does he ultimately fit into the uh, capitals long-term plan or do you think he gets dealt elsewhere he's a seventh round pick so i'm not even sure that i would say he's ever going to sign with an nhl team and that's no shade to him that's just kind of the nature of being picked in the seventh round certainly the capitals are uncommonly excited about him for a seventh round pick goalie they traded back into the seventh round to get an extra pick to get him when ross mahoney was asked about him after day two of the draft his face kind of lit up and of course he's excited about all the picks and no team is going to walk in and tell you they don't like their picks but he was extra excited to talk about keller and how much they liked him keller for his credit wasn't even expecting to get drafted this year he thought he might go next year as a re-entry he was on vacation with spain in spain with his family when he got picked his agent called him at like three in the morning or whatever it would have been in spain i guess that was day two so it wouldn't have been at night but mm. it's a better story if you say it was three o'clock in the morning <laughs> his agent called him um you know he's an interesting one he backstopped the his team in the three-on-three -three to the tournament win which doesn't mean a whole lot they weren't even playing full ice but he got there late in development camp and the Caps were impressed that he even wanted to come given that he was a seventh round pick. He was on vacation, was going to have to come over from Europe. Camp started on the Saturday after the draft and he wasn't able to be on the ice until Monday. So he really only had two, three days of work, but really wanted to come, wanted to be there. I think impressed them on that aspect that he was willing to come across the ocean for only a couple days. Um, yeah, it's an interesting pick. I mean, you know, again, seventh round goalie, I wouldn't say there are super high hopes for him for no fault of his own, just kind of the nature of, being picked at that spot in the draft, but there's kind of the rule of thumb that you should take a goalie every year to keep your pipeline full. So they got a, one that they're excited about in him. And I'm excited about it. If I just look historically on all the different goalies that have come through this system and then the ones that are even in the pipeline, uh, just obviously in recent memory, I remember Holtby and Grubauer in the Stanley Cup one there. So I just always get excited when they pick a goalie and kind of have to dig into him a little bit more. Uh, he, like Ben, you're seeing in the seventh round, so there wasn't a whole lot of talk spoke of him. All right, so straight ahead here, we will talk about the Caps at development camp and who really stood out. We'll talk about that straight ahead. 
Our next partner is Bird Dogs. And let me tell you, I love Bird Dogs. Why? Because they are comfortable. They are fashionable. Listen, guys, if you're one of the ones that's still wearing cargo shorts, throw those in the garbage. You should have done that years ago. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dog stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts and are made of a stiff, restriction cotton. Bird Dogs fix the issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL or enter promo code LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNHL or promo code LockedOnNHL for a free Yeti-style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. What's up, guys? Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils here. And let me tell you about Discover Debit Cash Back. Wings for the game? Boom, cash back. New lucky jersey? Boom, cash back. Even a last-minute ice run could score you some cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cash Back Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. Look in sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the W, but you know what's a guaranteed win? Discover Cash Back Debit. Oh, and did I mention there are no fees, period? I'm telling you, this one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In today's episode, we have Bailey Johnson of the Washington Post. Well, development camp wasn't too long ago, but there were some names that really jumped off the page, if you will. Ivan Mirishnashenko, which we know was drafted last year, and due to his Hodgkin's lymphoma, I think the Caps got a steal by getting him as high as he did. Uh, also, Ryan Leonard, uh, people, and the things that I heard is his shot was so hard that it broke one of the goalie's gloves. And also, Alexander Suzdalev, uh, talk to me about development camp and for you, who really jumped out. Yeah, I mean, those three names, definitely. Suzdalev was one that I wasn't as familiar with. Dev Camp was a good opportunity for me to get my crash course in the Caps pipeline beyond, like, the huge name guys. Obviously, I knew Amarashnachenko, knew Leonard and Crystal coming out of the draft, and knew some of the other players that they picked, like a Ryan Chesley, again, as a college hockey girl at heart. Um, but Suzdalev really stood out with his skill. Um, certainly needs to add some strength to his frame. He's pretty wiry, but... I think he impressed a lot of people with how he played. Leonard, like you said, his shot pops right away. He did. I think it was Chase Clark's glove that he bent on the first shot of like they were working after a skate one day and Clark wanted to hop in net and might have regretted that after he saw a couple of Ryan Leonard shots whizzing by him. But yeah, Leonard really stood out. Andrew Crystal's skill and his hockey sense stood out. You could definitely see the strength that needs to come and the skating that needs some work. But I mean, his puck skill is unbelievable. It's off the charts. Would have made him... If everything he does is at the same level as that puck skill, he would have been a top 10 pick in the draft. So that's kind of the nature of a lot of players, though. They all have something that they do elitely and some other things that need some work. And Crystal is no stranger to that. But he really stood out. Roshnachenko stood out to me mostly for how strong he is. I knew he was a good shooter. I knew he was a good skater. Like, I knew all those things about him. But I hadn't, obviously, nobody there had ever seen him play live. He couldn't play last year at Dev Camp because of his treatment, like you said. And he is not afraid to throw his body around. Obviously, it's development camp, so, you know, 
you expect a first round pick to stand out at development camp, which doesn't make it like, oh my God, he's guaranteed to be a star because he had a good development camp, but it certainly is a good box to check. And he definitely, I think his physicality was impressive to people and the way he's rebuilt his strength after going through those treatments. And uh, I did see that he broke off his contract with the KHL. So, I mean, he could potentially play for the Hershey Bears. And I guess if he really stood out, could jump up to help out the Capitals there. But just a really great story about a guy that was facing, you know, pretty you know great odds about even having a, a future uh, in the NHL. I was uh, reading your piece there. I think it was on Twitter. You were talking about the future of Kristal. Uh, and you were saying that he is not eligible to play in the AHL next season what is your projection for him next season? Oh, he'll certainly be in Kelowna. I would be stunned if he plays NHL games this year. There is, and this was very interesting to me, there's a games played bonus in his entry-level contract, which is not the most common, especially for a guy that gets picked in the 40s. Usually first-round picks from the CHL get signed at development camp kind of just as a routine thing um, because when you draft a player out of the CHL, you only have their rights for two years, and they have to be a certain age when they sign it in order to be able to slide it. So when they play fewer than 10 games in a season, the contract continues to roll over. So, I mean, he could play up to nine games in the NHL this year and not burn a year off his ELC, but he's five foot nine and about 165 pounds. So to the thought of him playing in the NHL, honestly, I don't want to say it's scary because his skill and his sense can certainly carry him a long way. But physically, I don't think he's particularly close to being ready. So I would almost certainly expect to see him in Kelowna all year. And that's one of the things that they work on in development camp is nutrition and, and putting on weight. I mean, that's kind of been a knock on Connor McMichael and Hendrick Slop here is they got the skill set there. They just don't got the body mass. If you face someone like a Reeves or if you face someone like a Maroon or a Tom Wilson and you're that size, you're going to get destroyed out there. So I think it would be wise for those two guys to kind of bulk up a little bit so they can uh, hand up or stand up to the rigors of the NHL. So let's talk about the outlook for some players, some younger Capitals players we hear all the time that this team wants to get younger and it wants to get faster. And my question always is, I agree, sign me up. Where do they fit? Connor McMichael, we take a look at him. Center is his native position. Who comes out of the lineup so he can play? Is Kuznetsov, is Backstrom, is Dowd? Who is coming out of the lineup to accommodate him? I know that he can play the wing. How does this team get younger and faster when they added even another older playing uh, an older player in max patch ready, even making them older. How does it all shake out? Well, patch ready won't be ready for the start of the year. So that's one spot in the top six that'll be kind of left open and an opportunity for a guy like Michael. Maybe he steps in on the left wing in the top six, but really it's not so much about taking guys out of the lineup as it is really asking McMichael to beat someone for a spot, which he has not, done a super good job of so far in his career and he's still a young player so I don't mean that in a disparaging way but they're really expecting him you know there will be a spot in the lineup for him if he earns it and I think they really want him to come into camp and make a statement and say I'm going to be a full-time NHL player you you have to put me in the lineup because I've been so good in camp like there has to be a spot for me and teams will make that work for good young players like they will always find space for them and the Caps also from a salary cap perspective, need a couple guys on lower price contracts to be in the lineup because they don't have a lot of room to work with. It's possible, and it depends on how long they think Pacioretty is going to be out at the beginning of the year, but he could start the year on LTIR, which would buy them a little bit of space. Like you've said, Backstrom's health is a little bit up in the air. Um, you know, McClellan said that he hopes to have a good offseason and they'll see in the fall. So it'll be interesting to see if he comes into camp healthier where that's at, but that would also buy them some space if he were to start on LTI as well. 
Yeah, I mean, how concerned are you being that we're talking about Baxham here? Just to wrap it up here, he had that hip resurfacing procedure that's done. TJ Oshie is kind of injury prone. I think that at some point this team has to get younger just based on the fact that some of their key players are getting that much older. Uh, what is your projection for Nick Baxham going to next season? Do you think he's going to be good to go? I know that this is kind of looking into your crystal ball, uh, but but what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I it's really hard to say right now. Obviously, I wasn't around at the end of the season when he was playing, so I haven't seen him. I've been the Blue Jackets played them once or twice, so I saw him in that context, but I haven't seen him in the context of thinking about what it actually means for the Washington Capitals. I only know what I've heard from other people and what I've read, and the opinions are pretty mixed on you know how healthy he is and how healthy he could be at the end of the summer heading into training camp. So it'll all really depend on what he's looking like when camp opens and how that all shakes out. It is going to be interesting to see what this team looks like in the fall. Listen, Bailey, I want to thank you for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals. You are a newer journalist for the Washington Post, a beat writer. Tell us a little bit about yourself and where we can find your work. Yeah, I've kind of dropped hints at it throughout. Um, I went to Michigan and then spent the last two and a half years in Columbus covering the Blue Jackets, a little bit of soccer, and I started there doing high school sports, but hockey has always been my main thing. So I've been here at the Post for about a month now to cover the Caps, and I'm really loving it so far. Excited for the season to start, though I'm trying not to wish away the offseason because I know by January I'll be grateful for having a couple quieter months this summer. Um, and, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Bailey A. Johnson underscore. You can read my work on the Washington Post. And, yeah, that's all I got. And we look forward to your work on the Washington Post. And are you a fan of other D.C. sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. We got Locked On Nationals, Commanders, and Wizards. So no matter what major D.C. sport it is, Locked On has got you covered. I want to thank you once again for joining us on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time. Gil Martin here, host of the Locked On NHL podcast. Join me every Monday for the three biggest stories from across the NHL, including how newly traded players are fitting in around the league. Check out the Locked On NHL podcast every Monday, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts.